0: Not your average operator. Not your average
1: operator. Not your average operator. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Operator, with uh, me, Paul Mellon McFadden. We've got our usual Tio and uh, Mike, and as you probably saw in the show notes, we've been joined again by Dr. Aaron. How are you doing there, Dr. Aaron?
0: Hey, good. Thank you guys for having me.
1: And just before we kicked off, I heard there was a new nickname for one of the members of the crew. Do you want to mind just letting us know what that nickname was?
2: Just, just <laughs> like that, huh? Right off the bat,
0: really? Something
1: about dry needling and squeezes.
0: <laughs> yep. Walked in on the middle of Mike's conversation talking about getting something stimulated.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, I mean, I was having a legit issue, so I, I, I hurt my groin. So I was talking to uh, her new husband, Samir. Shout out to Shamir. Hey. Hold on, buddy.
0: Mike's here visiting
2: job, us, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm down in North Carolina visiting. And uh, I was telling Samir about an injury. We are talking about sports injuries and different things. I was like, dude, I got dry needled for the first time. I got five needles, like, in my groin. And they were they were doing it. And he's like, well, I never got dry needling. How do you do it? I was like, well, you got to stick it in there. And then, like, I have my fingers down there. And I'm, like, showing them. And Erin uh, comes in from, you know, she's making us some venison burgers. She comes in right at the right Perfect time, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I had it two fingers, like, yeah. You just gotta get it and stimulate it a little bit. And she's like, what did I just walk in on? And just start laughing.
0: Good for you, buddy. Good. Yeah,
2: it, yeah. So Raph gave me a new name, apparently.
3: <laughs> yeah, Mister Richard Needle Esquire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am all for it. You do, the you.
2: Tweezer Man, the a Man. Well, at least so I'm not it... Brett Michaels anymore. At least I graduated my own name like a big boy.
3: no you've never graduated from brett michaels that's always there
0: yeah all
2: right
0: i know i really should have put the cardboard cut out of brett michaels in your guest room
1: he's got that uh australian bandana as well now so he can wear that whenever he likes
3: but the best part about brett michaels was that he he made that decision consciously like he woke up and he was like oh dude that's the look i'm going for and just thinking like he's gonna i mean like he was like It's like the first day of school when you got your outfit set out and you're like laying it out on bed. You're like, I'm going to look so fly in that thing. You're going to walk into class and you look like a clown. Everyone starts making fun of you. You don't understand why everyone's making fun of you.
1: And he's never revisited. He's like 35 years later. I'm sticking with it. That's it.
0: Where is that bandana, by the way?
2: It's it's at my place. I didn't bring it because I feared abuse like this. So (laughs) it should be be in a plaque. (laughs) It should. I mean, mortalized.
0: legendary
2: we'll see so mike you're down with
1: um samir and Aaron, and so how's it how's the trip been so far what'd you guys get up to
2: uh it's been really fun so far man and today's day two so yesterday got in and uh we went to the carolina panthers game in which you know samir works there and everything so we hung out went for some drinks before the game went to the game um got you know watched it and everything uh it's a preseason game i'd just like to say that uh but it was a, it was a good game uh Panthers blew out the Steelers to say the least but uh you know on to week one that's all I'll say about it and uh but no it was really fun man then we came back we had some uh bad choices last night we ended up getting some Taco Bell and uh yeah Raf, you need to talk to you, need, you gotta talk to your people man because that's not beef you know right but uh but yeah, so we figured we'd knock out a podcast while we're here with, with Aaron and uh, uh, Samir's at work right now. So it's a big day in the NFL. It's uh, just for, uh, you know, cutting down rosters and stuff. So he's he's got a lot of big decisions to make. And then uh, we're going to actually go do a workout after this and probably go shooting later. Aaron looks so happy at <laughs> the,
1: pro- the workout because well, they're all a bit dusty for the listeners. They've, they've had a, they had a few sh- sherbets last night.
3: <laughs> well, I was just thinking to myself, you know, the fact that you guys had Taco Bell, like basically binged on Taco Bell last night. Now you're about to go do a workout. That literally is the picture of discipline. That is discipline. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, trying to, it's like trying to go to the YMCA for a swim right after you recover from diarrhea. Like it's a 50-50 <laughs> shot, but you're gonna go anyways. Like that's heart. And I, I like where your head's at, and I applaud both of you. Speaking of uh, which. You.
2: Speaking of which, I spent 35 minutes in the bathroom this morning, uh, oh, God. pre-gaming prior to this. So um, <laughs> it's very important.
0: Yeah. DOS fan may or may not still be on. I don't know. And Samir <laughs> might have quotations around work, aka avoidance of whatever exercise oh, is about to ensue. Yeah. He's
2: like, hey, man, are you going to come down and you, you, you want to do a workout? And I was like, yeah, I, I could put something together. So I t- he's like, what's it going to be? And I was like, oh, I figure we can do like a run, swim, run type thing and some calisthenics at the end, you know? And he's like, ooh, he's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. And I was like, I didn't even <laughs> tell you when we're doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, he's working. He's working.
3: Okay. Whatever you do should be squat oh, centric. Squat centric?
2: I don't know, dude. And the it legs? It's like a recipe for a disaster. <laughs>
1: Raph, are you well, saying that Taco Bell is not the hot, it's not representing your culture to the optimum standard? It's not fine dining?
3: No, just I'm. that's not what I said at all. It absolutely represents sort our of fine dining. You just have to know which, you have to go behind the menu. Right. Special orders. But I can't give you what those secret words are.
1: Right. Speaking of Taco Bell, we had a, uh, a Mexican party last night. Shout out to my mate Della at his birthday party last night, and it was a Mexican theme. And Raph's already shaking his head. So pretty much, pretty much all the Australians just went as cowboys in ponchos with sombreros and handlebar mustaches and stuff. But my, my whole family went as chollos. We were like, we're going to go as Uncle Raph, T.O., if you will, <laughs> with um, bandanas on our heads and prison tattoos on our knuckles. But like my son went with Taco Bell on his. <laughs> he had a bit of a laugh as he put it on. And he went with rock and roll. I had burritos. And Cherry he had Doug was- Love.
3: You know what's beautiful about that is that apparently I inspired you guys and I wear none of that apparel. I don't have tattoos on my knuckles. I don't dress like that. But I love that I inspired it.
1: Well, we, we we you wear flannel shirts. So I just did the top button up and none, none of the rest. Yeah. yeah. I mean pretty much 90% of what you wear. But a fun night anyway.
3: I hope Australians stay on lockdown forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's sort of looking that way there, unfortunately, but uh, let's not talk about that. Yeah.
3: I heard he had so another then, COVID case.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, they go hard. So we're sort of um, bantering about what to talk about, and we had some idea range of topics around sort of significance versus success, and maybe like a self-promotion versus like a healthy self-esteem. And so where were the ideas there? What were we sort of thinking as... Um, to start us off there, Mark.
2: Well, I'll kind of let Aaron jump into it, but we were driving to the stadium yesterday and, uh, you know, we were all in there talking about success versus uh, significance <clears throat> and I'll give credit to him, but actually the uh, Tim Tebow did a really good video that I shared out and it kind of sparked the conversation about it and uh, just talking about personal success versus significance in the world and our effect on other people and You know our actions, our our words. You know everything can kind of play into even the smallest thing, can have such a major effect uh, on uh, the people around us. And uh, Erin, if you want to jump in, she had some good points that she has experienced as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it also led to us talking about just how the culture of, I guess, social media has increased significantly in the last, you know, couple decades and you know what does it mean to be significant so when you initially mentioned the word significance you know it was are your actions significant is your is it a significance of celebrity and and what actually is there to to back that up um and I it you know got me thinking a lot I mean I encounter I think with a lot of my clients oftentimes there's a lack of self-promotion that is warranted and appropriate due to effort and due to accomplishments and due to achievement and people i think oftentimes underplay that in an effort to not be seen as emptily self-promoting in a narcissistic or self-aggrandizing empty way if that makes sense
1: yeah like they're sort of repelled by the idea of the influencer taking photos of a bot or the the guy doing the same version of that reposting out sort of empty. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So so how does that play out in terms of, are these professionals who are not able to put out what they actually do have expertise in, or is it on a personal level that these people are having issues there, Erin? I
0: think both. Yeah, both. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to
3: yeah, it's... articulate
0: some of the other stuff that we were... Well, can,
3: can I dive in real quick? Just no, no, you can't. Kind of... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to segue completely, but I was just thinking when you guys were talking about this, um, I, I'm obviously not a research scientist and I'm not a doctor, but I, I've read enough articles to know that altruistic behavior usually hits... Is it the dopamine or like endorphins? Like it's it physically changes the chemicals in your body in your in your brain and obviously makes you feel better and and what i'm trying to get at that is that when people do something good or, or gooder for mike um, when people do something good for other people it triggers that feeling of not just that you did something good but i think physiologically changes your you know your, your purpose your you know whatever you want to call it there's so many layers to it right it's not that I'm not trying to oversimplify something. It's really complex. And I'm sure Dr. Aaron can talk about that. And and then if you contrast that to the, like the immediate high you get when you get like a thousand likes, cause you're holding a Pomeranian puppy and your, and your booty looks amazing with the sunset <laughs> in the back. Like I'm not saying that's not real, but that fades pretty damn quickly versus if there's something impactful that, you know, Dr. Aaron did for me, she's going to, she's those endorphins are going to kick in for a long period of time and probably a continual state, you know, it's just like, um, cause I think, you know, not to get all spiritual, but I think you've also, like, you've earned your, your, your credit to elevate a little bit in life, right? Like you've, you've kind of, you know, you're, you're climbing the, the spiritual ladder, you know, whatever it is, however it is that you define that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that touches a lot on long-term gratification and long-term change as opposed to the, the instant gratification that happens and then, and then fades. Um, yeah. yeah and, and, you know, you bring up altruism and I think a huge component of that is actions being done without seeking the credit or without need of the credit. I think it's very different to say, here, I did this thing. I am posting all about it and please like it a ton, ton, ton. Um, so is it for the action itself or is it for the recognition of the action?
1: I've heard this defined as the in order to like there's an action that needs to be undertaken in the world. You know, you see that there's a gap, you've got the skills, you're, you're there, you need to step in and do something. But if there's the thought process in order to get something back for yourself, it undercuts all of that fulfillment and it changes it into the language that I used was gratification, like gratifying like an empty rather than something that's going to fulfill. So when there's, you know, you're doing something for someone else, or you're doing something because there's a need for something to be done, as you as you're just saying there, Aaron, versus that empty, you know, I want to get a hundred likes, or I want, even just you know, in a, in a work sense, that can it can come up as well, you know, where you, well, I want to be recognised for these things, or I better do take these steps to cover my butt. It's always it changes the flavour of the feeling of the whole thing and can
2: undermine that uh, ongoing or enduring fulfillment. I think it's cool to, uh, I was thinking about this this morning when I woke up and my stomach was just rumbling. Uh, (laughs) Um, but I I was kind of thinking of that, trying to think of the topic. I couldn't think of the exact thing, but, uh, you know, success versus significance. And if you look at people in your life that, you know, you know, if you were to pick one or the other, or if you absolutely had to, you could say both because there's nothing wrong with being both. I, I think we shall strive to be successful, uh, but also we shall always be significant. You know, so, if, you know, being honest, if people are like, hey, who is Raff and Mellon to you, Mike? I would be like, these are significant people in my life. Why are they significant? Well, because they have such a huge impact on me and, and you know, versus someone that's just like, you know, oh, who's this guy? oh, he's got tons of money. He's a celebrity. He never does anything for anybody. Well, he's successful, you know, but he's not significant in my life, you know, so it's kind of the difference there and how I can maybe label people. And I don't mean label people in a bad way, but just kind of like do a like an assessment. I I guess like where your priorities are
0: categorized.
2: Categorized. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, one of the big
3: word categorized,
2: it's a big one. And uh, one of the stories that you know, I referenced was, you know, Tim Tebow brought this up, but I I think I brought up another episode. It's about this guy named Kevin Carter and his famous photograph of the little girl in South Sudan. And she's so malnutrition, uh, malnutrition that she can barely walk. So she's like barely walking and she keeps falling over to rest in the sun. And right behind her, there's a vulture that's following her on the ground, just waiting, waiting for her to die. So he could, you know, eat her. And, Kevin was told like, Hey, don't interfere. Don't touch anybody. Everybody's sick has a disease. Uh, you know, don't interfere. So he didn't. So he took, he takes this picture. He comes back, he gets the Pulitzer prize winning thing. It's on time magazine and all over the world and everybody's praising him like beautiful picture. That's very powerful. Oh my God, all this stuff. Well, four months later he committed suicide because he couldn't live with himself that he was successful by taking this picture, but did nothing to affect this little girl's life who was literally starving to death, you know, and, and he was just there doing it. And he listened to somebody going, Oh yeah, yeah don't interfere. And ignored his humanity. And he literally couldn't live with himself and committed suicide. So it was like, Oh my God, man. Like that is such a powerful example of, success versus significance he could have been a significant part of that little girl's life if he just would have like you know he talked about just picking her up or carrying her to where she needed to go or taking some precaution to not get the sickness you know wearing a mask gloves or whatever and could have helped and he just he he missed that opportunity yeah go ahead there's
1: there's also some real power that can come from a, a highly effective image you know, a symbol like catching a moment could generate a lot of awareness. It could generate political will and it could generate an intervention as well. But you, it's not an either or in a lot of cases. There can be You can be doing both things. Like Erin's talking about people who are avoiding the limelight or avoiding any kind of self-promotion. And there's like a healthy level of that as well that goes along with actually doing the job and being competent inside a business, inside a, a relationship or a family or a sporting group. It's not just enough to, to be good and effective at what you do. You do also need to be seen to be good at what you do. And <clears throat> people need to, to know on a, and as we we're talking before we started, there's like a fine edge, right? it's like a knife edge of a healthy level of self-promotion that goes hand in hand with self-esteem and adequate recognition. But then you go too far and you're in that self-aggrandizing, but you go, if you're too far the other side, you can be like the thankless, unseen person, and there can be a lot of negatives that come out of that. So there's like a, it's a very hard line to find, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I think the person's individual constitution plays a massive role in that, right? There's some people that just kind of, you know, whether it's insecurities or whatever it is, they, they just, they're seeking that um, that acknowledgement, I guess you can say. I mean, we, we all know people like that. Two of them are on the screen right now. Not yeah. you, Dr. Aaron.
2: Yeah, they're pilots. <laughs>
3: they're pilots. <laughs> hey, That's a good one. I didn't see that one coming. Um, and then there's the others. I can think of um, people that kind of got famous or popular later in life, but they didn't change anything. Um you know, they just ended up becoming popular because people started to recognize that they were just that good at what they did. One guy that comes to mind, this guy named Cameron Hayne, he hasn't changed his lifestyle in damn near 30 decade or 30 years. He's like this crazy bow hunter uh, and literally lives his life the same every day. Goes out for like a 20 mile run through the backcountry, hunts elk, like nothing has changed. His net worth has gone up, but his quality of life hasn't changed. His, you know, his... Um, social media, like, uh, popularity has grown a little bit. But if you watch his videos from like 10 years ago, nothing, like nothing's changed, you know, so his constitution is kind of what drives him and and his ethic. And eventually, just like you said, because he's so good at what he does, people started, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, I remember seeing this meme, and it said, you know, you don't have to defend the truth, because the truth always defends itself, whether it's today or, or a year from now. And it's a picture of a line ch- charging the lens of the camera, right? So you're looking at the line as it's charging you. But but it's true though. If something is, you know, empirically true, even if people don't believe you, it's the truth. So it doesn't really matter because eventually it's going to come out, like the Wuhan lab. But anyways, I digress. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as as you're talking, this idea of like trustworthiness is coming up. So I'm wondering if you know this consistency and being authentic over a period of time you know is what really increases ability to trust trust in someone's abilities trust in your own abilities and trust in character Um, yeah
1: for sure I mean that consistency across time is such a key thing and like Raph's talking about someone with 30 years of consistency and I think the people that I that I know personally who have a really strong and fulfilling life that like they, they know themselves, they engage in behaviors that uh, bring them a lot of satisfaction. They don't engage in self-destructive behavior, you know, or or to the lowest level of a normal person. They're the ones who have have, sort of had these thoughts and figured out like what actually brings them fulfillment rather than doing anything to please other people. And then just engage in that, just fill their life with more of that. And then they're super reliable because they've got such a strong background, back record, like a history of having done stuff that they know in the future that it's going to be consistent. And so there's a whole lot of being happy to, to live their life out into the, into the future. Like they don't fear the future because they know that they've got like a, such a strong track record of how they're going to behave.
3: And I think Dr. Aaron, you just nailed it. I think that authenticity is probably one of the most important, if not the most important aspect of, um, of, of you know, that fine line that we're talking about between you know, trying to seek you know, fame and fortune versus trying to just maybe push on um, you know, whatever it is that you're doing that you're really good at. You're, you're just trying to help people out just for the sake of trying to help people out. And I think that that authenticity, of, and I guess individually, you have to figure what that is to you um but I, I i think that's massive you know because I've, how many times have you seen like a you know fitness expert and and then after like watching 10 minutes of it or you're like this this guy or girl doesn't know what they're talking about they're just not off it like there's something inside you that innately just knows that something isn't right about what this person claims and mike you were talking i think before we started recording you were talk, talking about that exact thing
2: yeah no yeah, it's very true man and I think you just have to look at the context and what you do, because, you know, it's, that's something I think, you know, all three of us try to do. And, uh, what's up, Soren, Soren, Soren saying hello with his, uh, dump truck and his Frisbee. So he popped in on TO RAF there. What's up, buddy?
3: Hi. Soren, say hi. Soren, say hi.
2: No. Say
3: hi. No habla. No?
2: No habla today. He's not going to join in. <laughs> so, uh, but i think it's important to just like to understand your environment and the context and like what you're trying to do because if you're very successful and you just like walk into a room and you're like well i'm here to wow everybody with my accomplishment like more than likely most people are going to be like uh ah, okay dude settle down like go over there sit at your table and like chill versus like hey i'm walking into a speaking deal where there are people who are struggling with something And I can relate my experience to how I can help you, you know, and it's just like, I'm not up here just spitting my suck. It's, you know, Hey, I'm here to bring out some stuff that I want to talk about in my experience that you can relate to, uh, and do it. It's going to be received on a completely different way of just being like, well, Hey, this person's here to like, offer me something, not throw this in my face, you know? And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I can think of some people like some really good Public speakers and leadership and everything else that I can that I've seen uh, is very very good at that and reading and being like yes now is the time to bring this up now is the time that I can talk about this and my accomplishment confidently not cocky and that's that's the line I think is between there and, um, and then you see other people it's just like do you ever stop talking <laughs> like just shut up you know it's really really annoying. Uh, not everybody wants to hear opinion, you know, not everybody wants to hear about how successful you were today or, or what you did. It's just like constant, you know, some people view it as like false positivity, I guess, Could if that makes sense, but it's just the throat. They feel like they just have to do or say something just because they're successful independently. And it's just like, well, you're not really giving me any tools to, climb that spiritual ladder, like, like rap said, or not giving me framework to be better or her. How do I be like you? You know, it's just look how great I am. Okay, cool. Thanks for the applause. I'll see you later. Bye.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's something like a healthy balance on where the attention is. And that like, I think sometimes you do need to speak like Dr. Aaron has been talking about to get that to establish perhaps your own credibility so that people can hear the message. But then if you're in uh in an engagement or you're in a in an exchange with someone and you're trying to get something for yourself it's very apparent like when you you know there's like a level of confidence you don't have when you have to keep talking about yourself and we all know people who are highly effective i'm thinking of some senior military leaders and other people that i know that they they don't really just need to say a thing other than just to let people know a few key points about achievements they've had and then they can just get on with delivery and people they understand the credibility this person has in that area and they can listen to the message. Erin, I was, I was thinking about how do you advise the people who are having this, it's like a bit of a confidence issue, I guess, like they're not sure on how to cross that bridge of effectively communicating but not coming across in a self-aggrandizing way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, How do you guide them?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, so certainly I think it depends on you know the area in which it's it's challenging to acknowledge um, one's abilities, and I think I think it's really powerful to sit and reflect. And you know, going back to the the track record piece that you were you know talking about earlier, and just reflecting on achievements, reflecting on accomplishments, reflecting on patterns in life, and being able to say I have I have been consistent in what I've been doing over time. Is this something that feels authentic to me and who I am and what I want to do and um, And I think in finding that balance, I mean, this touches a bit on what we were talking about yesterday, Mike, but what does it mean to do something and to, right, to achieve that success? And then what does it mean to do that while still leaving, you know, doors open for others? And um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, sorry, I just haven't had a lot of ideas, Um, but really thinking about, you know, what and I think it's okay too, to say like, yeah, there is a part of me that is absolutely doing this for me. And I am fulfilled in these various ways by doing this for me. And what am I also doing for others or what am I also doing for the world and how are how can all of those things coexist and how can I meet all of those needs simultaneously? Um, and there may be you know, people who are you know perfectly happy and balanced and satisfied and might not have a need to do things for others. Um, and so I'm, you know, trying to not let my own biases, I guess, pop in, pop in here. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of self-reflection involved in that of both history as well as where am I at currently and where do I see myself wanting to go.
1: Like there's like, I I think you just touched on something that there is, I think the people we find. Um, attractive in terms of we want to be around them. We want to participate in what they're up to in the world. Other people who have something beyond pure self uh, as their uh, motivation. Like we all are getting something out of it. And if you can be clear with people, these are the things I love doing. Like I really love flying. I love teaching. I like being able to influence the direction uh, in a business. I want to get into a a management or leadership position. But then if you can let them know why that is important, you know, what it is that is drawing you, why you've come into this industry, where it is that you see yourself going, those are the people that you're like, I want to I be around that person. I want to get on board. I want to support that mission. Or, you know, in a volunteer football team, you know, like what this, this person in a leadership position has a vision for how these kids are going to be playing this sport and it's going to develop the community and stuff. Like that's really appealing. And you can have both of those things. But I think, you know, without I think it's I think it's really clear that if people don't have that uh, effect they're trying to achieve in the world, it, that there's an emptiness that I think leaves people not as attracted to contribute or work with them. So yeah, getting I mean, that sort of stuff clear, I think, is important.
2: I, I think it speaks volumes to people that are, especially in the uh, mental health medical field. You know, it's like. You know, like like Erin here, like she's a doctor, right? So, what is a doctor? Well, you got to be pretty successful in order to achieve that title and a lot of stuff that you do. But literally, your whole goal is to help other people. You know, so like you can define successful being a doctor, but also at the same time, it's just like your whole, you know, like she was talking about, it's aligned with helping other people and bringing them up. You know, so there are specific jobs and niches and responsibilities that you know, you can get into where it's just like, yeah, I can be successful with helping other people. And I've mentioned it many other times personally is I found that by helping other people, I help myself. Mm -hmm. It helps me gain perspective. It makes me healthy. It makes me realize things. Maybe I never realized before. uh, And I have that exposure versus just like, well, you know, we call it the IGM, the, I got mine, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you wake up with the IGM mentality every single day, you're going to find yourself being pretty freaking lonely, you know?
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. And actually, I had a session with a client this morning. um, And I mean, the whole reason that I, I guess, got into this field, just based on, you know, some just personal things that I've been through and I think understanding just myself more in the world and really caring about, I mean, my whole goal is if I can help people breathe more easily at the end of the day and navigate this world in a more balanced, just happy way where they feel productive in ways that they want to, I mean, that's incredible. And so, you know, it was a kind of a wrap up session with someone that I've been working with for about a year and just the amount of energy and investment that this person has put into their work. And so it was so gratifying, right? For me to hear today, how balanced they're feeling and happy and just able to coast in ways that they couldn't have predicted. But I mean, that, that is so fulfilling for me, you know, personally. And, um, you know, so I I definitely get stuff out of it too, you know, for my own personal gratification, but also, um, I guess, and also, you know, just seeing how, how the universe has panned out around this person is just, this
1: is great. I feel like the lasting um, fulfillment rather than the fairy floss of, you know, 500 likes or whatever is the stuff when you've made a difference for someone else. That's the stuff that endures, you know, that we, you can go to bed at the end of the day and sleep a deep contented sleep. You know, and that, that other stuff can just come and go so fast if you're talking about a social media presence or that kind of thing in the world that we live in now. You know, it can come and go, it's a fairy floss. It's never going to leave you satisfied or it's not, I don't think it's going to contribute to long-term mental health. Mm -hmm. And how do you coach people though to move into out of perhaps that reluctance? You know, if someone's got that, perhaps they're a more introverted person or they're not necessarily, it's not, it doesn't come naturally to them to communicate what they do well. Where does that go, Dr. Aaron?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Can you clarify a bit in what, in what respect?
1: I'm just thinking about like the pathway that when you've got a, you know, you've got a client who's one of these people who's a bit more of a retiring sort of a quiet type and they've got a concern, perhaps that they don't want to come across as self-aggrandizing. How do you guide them and coach them and what sort of strategies do you get them to put in place to deal with that so they don't go too far? they don't you know fall into that uh over self-promoting type thing but that they get that healthy self-esteem and healthy ability to communicate Mm -hmm. what they do well or what they're up to
0: yeah i mean i think again that, that reflection and just being able to say you know i i do have this track record of these things I've accomplished. And I think that the personal meaning behind it of, you know, here's, here's why I've done these things. And, um, and I think a good start is maybe focusing on, you know, is there a particular relationship or is there a particular environment in which you want to be more um, Mm. self-reflective or more complimentary of oneself? And so just start with one, start with one environment, start with one.
3: Can I ask you a question, a maybe more pointed question? Um, sure, yes. Do you please. find that, yeah, do you find that, uh, you know, the people that you see uh, for clinic or, you know, for your profession, that they undervalue themselves, like they undervalue their ability on, you know, whatever the category is, whether it's being a husband, being a wife, maybe professionally, whatever it is. And I guess, Melon, is that kind of what you're getting at? Like if someone is struggling with that, you know, that kind of undervalue of themselves, like how do you get them to to be like, look, there is value in what you do and there is an impact and, you know, there is, um, there are people that probably need to hear your story because, it, you know, um, I just a quick anecdotal story with that. There's this guy I'm trying to bring on the show who's done amazing things. He was a, a former Green Beret for just over 20 years, has spent countless of um time overseas multiple silver stars i mean and everybody knows in order to get one of those in that community and i might can attest to this you you went through some horrific shit so um anyways i'm trying to get him another show but he's one of those people he's exactly what we're talking about he's just like nah, man nobody wants to hear my story i'm like no actually you're completely wrong people not only want to hear so they need to hear your story because he he sees himself as just like i'm just a regular dude i'm like sure but you've done some pretty extraordinary things Mm -hmm. and maybe that's enough to motivate uh, a kid who feels like they're average too and they're like well shoot you know if average can get to where you're at then maybe i have a chance Mm -hmm. but anyways i I kind of went away from
0: no i mean i so much more frequently encounter people who are underselling themselves and in various areas as far as um you know, or as opposed to overselling. I mean, I think it also happens over time, and I think it happens from interactions where either stuff they've done's been overlooked or minimized or um, invalidated or um, not, I guess, appropriately reflected in its significance. Um, and so there's a there's a quiet quieting over time, I think, of certain achievements potentially. Um, And so I think part of, you know, the therapy process is it's a safe space to be able to throw things out there and get reflection and have some corrective experiences of that is so cool. You know, I mean, that is to validate those achievements, validate those accomplishments. Um, So
2: there's something that kind of comes up. So, you know, we're talking about validation is that's another topic, but are the people that are, you know, that we work for, and we've talked about this before, but are we getting the validation where we should, you know? So from family, from, fr- you know, from relationships and spouses or boyfriends, girlfriends, are we getting from our boss? Are we being validated for the work that we do? Because if we don't, then we can, you know, we've talked about, we can question ourselves. Like, am I not doing a good job? Am I am I not a good person? Am I not able to accomplish this objective mission, task, sale, like whatever. Uh, and, and looking at it that way. So the one thing that comes to mind is, when is it going to be enough? And I think a lot of people can ask themselves that is when is it going to be enough? You know, I've been asked that in my job by, you know, a senior guy and also one of my peers that, you know, I came in with, he said, Hey man, how long are you going to do this job for? And I said, well, you know, I'll do my twenties. Like, yeah, but what's dictating that? Like, how long do you want to go? Do you want to go on 10 missions? Do you want to go on 50 missions? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Like, Is there, are you hunting for something in particular that when you walk away, when it's over that you can be like, yes, I feel good. I feel like I, I made a difference that I was significant in this community or in the mission that we were doing. Like, and that really made me think of just like, wow, like what is driving me? Like, when is it going to be enough? When am I going to be enough? because you can get compliments all the time about, hey, you're a really good dude or hey, she's a phenomenal woman and she can do this, this and this, and you know everything else. And if you are on that spectrum, which I struggle with of just being like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that stuff, man. like I'm just I'm just Mike, like I'm just a regular guy like don't treat me any different than a human being, you know it, it, It's kind of figuring out where that level is and being like, it's it's hard to describe Mm -hmm. i I don't know if you kind of
1: know where i'm going
0: i I, what's coming to mind is like how can i how long is it going to take to get to a point where i can self-validate and trust myself and trust in my
2: like your your abilities like your accomplishments Mm -hmm. say and prove that i'm yes i am a good person yes i am capable of helping Mm -hmm. others and and doing it and then I think sometimes until we don't get that validation for ourselves, I'm not going to be able to help somebody else because I don't even think I'm worthy of it.
1: There's, Cause there's an interesting thing, right? Like, I think all of us as humans, if we don't stop and have these reflective periods and maybe define what it is that we're after in the world, like what you're talking about here, Mike, it can just be more like <laughs> a salary or money or any other thing can be, I'm just after more until so, you know, until the end because there's, there's never a limit. There's never an upper limit. People can be chasing something their whole life. And you're talking here about getting clear on your own mission in the world and getting clear what it is that you're trying to contribute and when is that going to be enough? And I've had thoughts like that too, Mike. Like I remember having a conversation with a mate, Ray Wernley, he's a, an amazing uh, flying instructor in Australia, talking to me about when I was considering coming out out here to do what I do here. He's like, no, you can go, Melon. Like, you've done your thing. You've replaced yourself. You've trained other pilots here in the Australian Air Force to carry on the mission. And they are carrying on the mission. And I just had mates posting, you know, I've got students who are now senior dudes who are, who are flying in now to Kabul in C-17s and C-130s doing airlift like yesterday. And having that sense of well, you can have that mission achieved. There can be an end state. You know, you can define for yourself what it is that you're trying to achieve and then achieve it and move into another chapter in your life. I think there's something very powerful in taking the time to do exactly what you just talked about there, Mike. Because otherwise it can just be like, I'm walking on a road that never ends. And then that can make you each step, you know, you feel like, well, well, there's no benefit or there's not a meaning to this anyway. Though This step I just took doesn't count for anything there's a million more in front of me. Well, no, 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 there might be like an end state that is really a very healthy place to say, no, I've got to this point, I've got to my 20 years, I've done my 50 missions, I've done this many rotations, I've earned this income or whatever it is to be able to say, no, boom, that's achieved now rather than just pursuing more mindlessly. I think there's something very healthy in what you've just said there in getting clear on your own mission. And a little bit around the validation, I think that there can be a thing if you're not getting validated, in a marriage, in a relationship, in a sporting team, in a community group, in, in work, you, you can go to the other person, I think, and have like a healthy conversation about like, how am I actually going? Am I any good at this? Like I was doing a, an, a, a course and I had the one instructor who was a real hard ass and the other guy was really friendly. And I thought I was, I thought I was just about, I couldn't actually do what I was being asked to do. And I sat down with a senior guy and I said, look, I'm considering like upping stumps here. I don't think I can achieve it. And he was like, well, what are you talking about? You're one of the best guys we've had come through this course. And I just thought if I hadn't asked, I would have been in the position of I'm terrible. And so taking like, it sort of took a bit of guts to think now I've got to approach this guy and let him know that I think I'm terrible. But then I sort of clarified things, which is sort of where you're going by talking about that validation conversation. You can communicate and ask but you've got to be willing to take the feedback you're going to get. It might not be all roses. You might be given really areas you can work on, but then you can work on them. Right. Education is like a real key step in here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I mean, balance is kind of a theme, you know, too, just in, in all of this that we're talking about today. You know, where's the balance between short-term goals, long-term goals, balance between validation from others self-validation that ba- you know balance between how much can I be mindful and still and kind of pause and revel and clearing my own mission mm. <laughs> versus you know generating more and more and more um, yeah
1: yeah like an internal reflection versus mm. perhaps getting feet asking for feedback mm. I mean it's it can be a conversation that you know you got to sort of build up to sometimes can be a bit scary, but I think there's a lot of reward in terms of getting clear on perhaps areas you need to work on or, or finding out, no, you've actually done really well. And I think that that could be perhaps a process for someone who's lower confidence. They're not used to Mm self-promotion. Like I saw a thing in doing an MBA and they were talking about effective managers versus efficient managers and the efficient managers get the job done and the effective ones get promoted. And The effective ones who get promoted spend more time communicating with people above them. And that was the the biggest difference in the breakdown of their work week. They're still both taking care of tasks, but the ones who get promoted more are communicating more with the people above them in the chain. And I think there's a healthy level and finding that we feel uncomfortable with it sometimes, I think.
2: That's where you can look at it and be like, you know, that effective leader is just like, that that's the significant one. You know, like, why are we successful? Why is the communication working? Why is the business humming and going the way it's going? Well, there's a significant tool or person in there. And it's this guy. Well, why? Well, because he's doing other things than just for himself. You know, like, he's not worried just about promoting, he's not worried just about, oh, how can I get to the next level and more and more and more? It's, looking at where you're at and be like, how do, how do, how do I run myself and, you know, in a team environment, like you're saying, Mellon, and how do we get out from here and all go up? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's significance, you know? And- I
1: mean, if one of your guys, Mike, is coming to you saying, talking to you about what he's been doing in the week, but then getting more asking for more feedback from you and asking for more guidance on next week or next month or the training program or how he could improve. Like, I think that that person's going to be more effective for the organization. The mission is going to be achieved better by having people like that in it. And it might be easier to see it looking down than it is for us looking up. Yeah. We, we have that inclination, I think, most of us, the three of us certainly, uh, to step back and stay quiet. You know, that quiet professionalism that we, val- we value so much we talked about last week. Yeah. But going beyond that, you can get into a place of you actually achieving the mission or the aim of the organization or your own personal one either more effectively or quicker by in being involved in communication. There's something about that communication piece that Dr. Aaron's talking about and coaching people through it.
2: So one, one thing kind of pops, pops into my head, you know, as soon as you said that is trying to validate who I am, you know, so using myself phone example, when you hear these, these people that, you know, I go out, you know, speak to people we do this podcast and everything and people always respond of like hey you guys are very well spoken i love the conversation I of this whatever and we, we come off like the like a polished you know successful brand i don't want to say brand because i don't want to be a brand but it, it's just this image of it and it's just like well how'd you get there and it's like if you want the true answer it's through a lot of pain and adversity hmm. and going through the process of wondering, like, am I enough? Are we enough? You know, is this podcast enough? Uh, You can go down the list and that's, that's kind of a, you know, not a struggle, but it's definitely something that I I revert back to and ask myself these questions of, you know, Hey, is, what am I doing relevant? Is, Is the message that we're putting out? Like one of the things that we want to do, like, we really want to push out this, this message that we do with the podcast to other people and we just had this conversation of, yeah, but we don't want to become like this money grubbing, successful limelight. Like, mm-hmm. look at us, look at us, look at us. It's not about that. It's, it's about the message and the conversation that we have. So how do we as a team go through and push it forward, push it upward to expand the listeners, but we don't, but we still want to remain humble. We don't want to yeah. come off as arrogant. Like that's very hard. And that, that was a conversation we had, I think, three days ago, mm-hmm. you know, talking about this. So it's just like, how do you get three guys that are successful, but are also, you know, we are humble people and, and help others. But we never want to break that glass of going into the limelight. And then mm-hmm. you're like a celebrity status. You know, it's like I never want to be called that man, because it's not what I'm that's not why I'm here. That's a personal thing. I'm here for the team. I'm here for the message. How do we go about pushing that image out? You know,
1: like we don't have any advertising. You would never hear a stop to throw to a fast food chain that make Mexican food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I emotional think, message, and yeah, and we I mean, can cross I can, them off our list.
0: And I can say too, just by nature of you guys having those conversations and um, being aware of that, the fear of that is self protective. Because um, you're not oblivious, right, to these things that could happen or result. Mm. Um, and I think, too, I mean, at least from, you know, peripherally the conversations that I know you guys have had about your purpose of this podcast. Um, I mean, your goals are so well aligned, you know, with each other about wanting to get conversations started and make a difference and um, to help people fundamentally
1: the funny thing isn't it you know, like I think a lot of people um, can have hundreds and hundreds of connections on social media they can have all these friends in quotation marks and can on a superficial level looks like things can be great and people are putting all of their their best moments out on social media mm-hmm. and they might not really have these spaces for deep connections and like Raph, Mike and I have all really talked about our hardest times And I think that that gives such a strong foundation to knowing who each other is and what we're up to in the world Mm -hmm. and the ability to have an impact comes from sharing your. It doesn't come from sharing your victories. I don't think think it comes from sharing the things you've you've struggled with Mm -hmm. because that's where people, everyone has things they struggle with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Getting to see people's backstages versus what's on center stage all the time. Social media, Pomeranian Mm
1: -hmm. puppies.
3: We brought up validation a couple of times and I think, for myself individually I seem to always kind of pick specific milestones in my life or anchors whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. where I just kind of think back and I and I reflect on a specific moment where I like you know and I'm just something very specific like if I'm tired one day and I'm trying to get whatever task done and I think to myself like am I going to get this done and I start to have some you know I start to feel that self-doubt creep into my head I my brain immediately starts to turn to the the moments where I achieved something that I didn't think I could achieve, whether it's something physical while I was in military, while I was in flight school, you know, maintenance, test pilots, course, whatever, where, you know, the the task was so daunting, but yet I ended up doing it. And that usually is enough motivation to just kind of see me through whatever it is that I'm trying to get through at that moment. So I think it's important for everybody to just kind of find those specific moments that you, that you're, not only are you allowed to be proud, you should be proud. You, you know, whatever it is I got, you gave somebody, money when you didn't have the money or you barely had enough to pay your own rent but you still went out of your way to, you know just it doesn't have to be something on the on the global or the national stage where you get recognition it's maybe it's just be something that you know between yourself and somebody else but mm-hmm. that might be a milestone for you and I think it's important to use that as an anchor or as a milestone to help validate when you have those you know that creep of like man am i good enough you know because we're human like dr erin said we're human we're all we, everybody i don't care who you mm-hmm. are yeah um you're gonna have them so i think it's important to have those in your back pocket so you can pull them out and kind of lean on them yeah to get through that bump or you know a couple days or whatever it is that you need
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think it can that can change too and be relative over time i mean so you know perhaps in you know super super dark days, getting through a, a moment or getting through a meal or finding, you know, like, Hey, I was able to shower this morning, or I was able to eat something this morning. I mean, those are, those are huge, huge anchors too. I, I love that term, you know, anchor of finding these things, you know, whatever scale they're on.
2: I think a good exercise to find those anchors, because life is busy, life is loud, life is chaos sometimes, and you, we lose sight of what we've done, you know talking about that and identifying what you did and great example raph but you know writing your own ev- you can write somebody else's evaluation all day but then somebody goes hey you need to write your evaluation you're going damn what did i do in the last six months what did i do in the last year and you tend to forget about what you're what what you've accomplished so maybe a good exercise to do if you are having those questions about like you know that is get out a piece of paper and start writing stuff reference people be like hey do you remember what we did at this time? Do we remember what we did at this time? You know, what's going on? And then just kind of make your list of victories, make your list of accomplishments and kind of see where you're at. And you'll see that you're successful Mm -hmm. in in a lot of things. Uh, But then also too, once you have that list is look over and be like, yeah, but how, how am I significant in these fields? How am I significant in these victories or accomplishments? And maybe you can add another layer of like, you know, Melon references. Where do I want this to go? You know, from here. Like, I don't want this to be a final list. I want this to keep growing. I want this to evolve into something. Add another layer to it. Um, and I think that's where you can really find that balance of success and significance.
3: Yeah, and hopefully that also entails. You know, when you're saying add a layer, it actually entails helping others. If you if you put that mantra. Or whatever you want to call it that that goal of whatever you do, just to you're doing it because you're trying to, you know, help others as well. I think that's where the fulfillment is really gonna come in. I mean, there's just so much that just scientifically, you know, everything that just points in that direction. That's where you get the most gratification when it's you know, not about you, right?
2: Yeah. And also too, it's like, hey, you you want to be significant and help other people. The worst that could come from it, you're gonna make some really good friends.
0: <laughs> that's Honestly, a really good point. yeah, it's you're really gonna help important.
2: it. Yeah, somebody's going to be like, "Wow, this is a really good person. You're going to let really get to see you and you're probably going to increase your quality within your circle of people in your life." You know, and it's that that's a reward too. That's probably a a,
1: a nice point to to finish on. So we've had a conversation around significance versus success, so a sense of influence in the in the world versus personal. We've had some stuff around self-aggrandizement and stuff that we all see on social media, that sort of fairy floss of uh, likes and feedback versus a healthy self-esteem or an ability to have a healthy self-promotion. There were some points around reflecting on your own history and identifying authentic consistency over time, being able to, Mike has just hit a few points there about listing off the things that you have achieved looking back over your last six months, 12 months or, or longer term in certain area of your life that you wanna work on. Getting clarity around your own mission and what you're trying to achieve or contribute and when is it gonna be enough? And looking for that balance, as Dr. Aaron was talking about, about the short versus long, the self versus other validation, internal reflection versus clarification from others. We had some points around effective versus efficient, that there has to be an element of communication to be considered uh, effective. And that uh, you might be able to ask for some feedback, have a validation conversation, be willing to uh, hear areas where you can improve, but you might be able to find these conversations in your marriage, in a community group or at work. And, uh, you know, that might help you. So is there any uh, final points you wanted to leave people with there, Erin?
0: So I think a a nice starting point for people just to kind of reassess oneself and, um, kind of where they're at, where they're wanting to head. So there's a free online assessment at viacharacter.org. And so it's um, a survey that just helps you think about what's important. And so at the end it will list several values and rank them according to you know their significance in your life. And so it's, it's an interesting exercise to take and just reflect on hey, here's the order of values and things that are important to me. And you might be able to reflect on life and then realign moving forward.
1: Awesome. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So viacharacter.org for a free survey for ordering values. Any final points you wanted to drop there, uh, Teo? No,
3: no, I, I think uh, we kind of, I mean, we could go on and on about this. So I, I, but I think the way Mike left it with, you know, at worst cases you, you make, you make a better friend. I mean, that's, is there another better reason than that?
0: Mm-hmm. Good one. And I think
3: that day Mike
2: Yeah. I don't like either of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I am taking volunteers who want to gain a friend in Mike by doing this workout with him instead of me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there you go. No, so this I, I was thinking about throughout this, uh, I had to get up and run to go to the bathroom and it popped in my head. That's when I do a lot of my thinking is when I'm in the bathroom. But uh,
0: Taco Bell, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, I just uh, wanted to put out, uh, I think this workout that I'm going to do, it was supposed to be for fun, which it is, but also to, uh, I, I think I'm definitely going to be thinking about the Marines and the Navy corpsmen that passed away the last couple of days in Kabul with everything that's going on. So uh, I think I'm going to go into this with a different attitude and uh, do it for them. Mm-hmm. So it uh, gives me a little bit more energy and, uh, you know, people like that are significant and uh, never forget them.
1: Me
0: too. Well said, Mark. Let's forget energy going into it as well. Thank yeah. you for that.
1: Yeah. All right, guys, until next week, we'll see you.